Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. The Urgan Effect by Hamza Khalik Lunat Downing to Mane Paulson to Keita Carroll to Salah Above are just three examples of how the type and profile of Liverpool FC's transfer targets have shifted under Jurgen Klopp in comparison to Hodgson and Dalglish at the start of FSG's tenure. After several unsuccessful transfer windows, which saw high spending but minimal real gains in terms of quality and improvements to the team, Liverpool FC's current transfer policy appears to be heading in a very different direction to that which preceded it. Liverpool's transfer policy under Hodgson and Dalglish was remarkably misguided, as unsuitable players were brought in at prices that overestimated their value. But with Liverpool residing outside of the Champions League qualification spots, and with a lacklustre team, from which key players were departing, it was always going to be a challenge attracting the right type of player to make an immediate improvement to the team. But it seemed, for a time at least, that there were certain micro-objectives that affected the transfer policy, such as building a distinctly English team, or searching for cut-price deals in spite of the practical necessities, or even simply going after quantity instead of quality. Downing, Carroll, Adam and Henderson all feature as examples of the first type, whilst Asaidi, Barini, Aspas, Alberto, Coutinho and Sturridge are all examples of the second. Chan, Lambert, Lalana, Markovic, Lovren, Origi, Moreno and Balotelli collectively personify the quantity approach. The list above includes some fantastic players, some very good ones, but also some very poor ones. A hit-and-miss transfer policy was never the objective. What we can see, though, is the progression and evolution of Liverpool FC's transfer policy over the years, as the club and management came to terms with the demands and requirements of the Premier League. But even after Brendan Rodgers achieved a second-place finish with Liverpool, the club failed to secure its primary target, Alexis Sanchez and instead defaulted onto a regressive transfer policy, as players like Balotelli were brought in, despite not being one of the manager's main targets. The following season, the board were happy to back Rodgers with funding and secured his top target, Christian Benteke, for a sizable £32.5 million fee. Not only this, but the club also purchased Hoffenheim star Roberto Firmino, who turned out to be an inspired choice, but not one Rodgers was enthused with. Jurgen Klopp's arrival set transfer policy on a different course to his predecessors, though. It may have seemed like much of the same as Liverpool failed to secure Alex Tashira from Shakhtar, but the interest in Tashira was already a subtle change in policy, as Liverpool actively targeted players 
who addressed a deficit within the team and who are also Champions League quality. The summer of 2016 saw Liverpool sign Sadio Mane, who for 2016-17 was nothing short of a revelation, winning player of the season, bringing pace, variety, goals and much more to Liverpool's forward line. It's extremely surprising that he was not Klopp's first choice given his performances. Instead it was Mario Goetze. The key difference between Liverpool's transfer policy in the summer of 2014 and that of the summer of 2016 was that the club had developed a full and proper transfer strategy. Instead of missing out on a primary target and falling back onto a lesser player, or searching for a cheaper but not necessarily an equally good alternative, the club and management had identified contingency targets that would immediately improve the team and suit the style and vision for the future. Klopp expected nothing less than full autonomy over transfer policy and his team has been given just that. The club and ownership have recognised their needs and demands when it comes to transfers and are now fully supporting Klopp in his pursuit of primary target Naby Keita. Whilst the Van Dijk deal broke down in embarrassing fashion, broadly speaking Liverpool have got down to business in an efficient manner. For instance, Klopp initially wanted Julian Brandt but upon learning that Brandt intended to stay at Leverkusen, the club swiftly moved on to chasing another quality winger, Mohamed Salah, and secured his services despite him costing over £10 million more than Brandt was reportedly expected to cost. Liverpool's pursuit of Naby Keita, like the Firmino transfer, is a concerted effort to purchase the type of player the club has missed out on and regretted as a rival club snapped them up at Liverpool's expense. Surprising to most fans though is the size of the fee the club are committed to paying. Supporters are quite aware that Liverpool's top four rivals, besides Spurs, all have greater financial resources. However, the willingness of the club to commit to high spending in spite of this is a vindication of the manager's success in the previous season and a sign of confidence in his skills to produce further or greater success in the coming seasons. Unlike the January of 2013 in which Liverpool managed to secure deals for both Daniel Sturridge and Felipe Coutinho at cut prices, the club has now realised that these high value deals are a rarity and the likelihood of them is rather slim, but also that there is a need and requirement to pay the money when the time is right. It seems Jurgen Klopp has helped bring about that realisation. For the club now the challenge is to take full advantage of being in the Champions League and having a globally recognised manager at the helm. However, as far as this transfer window thus far is concerned, the club's transfer policy appears to be finally on the right path, thanks to Klopp and the board's and owner's support for him. As fans, we can only hope that the club has definitely learned from past mistakes and are now shopping in a distinctly different market to the one they were occupying mere seasons ago. <laughs> Unfortunate timing for this piece with the news that Leipzig have turned down a second and improved bid for Naby Keita, but the general tenor of the piece can't be argued with. And whether or not you want to be a completely irrational lunatic and start blaming FSG for the fact that Leipzig have turned down an insane amount of money for a player who, no matter how good he is, is not worth that, you have to have a little bit of sense and rein your neck in a little bit and say that, you know, no matter what you think, at least we are going for top-notch players. And what can be done if clubs decide not to take, like I say, the outlandish and insane amount of money that's being offered for them? There seems to be a point being made here. Maybe there'll be another twist. Maybe that's it. Door shut on Naby Keita. Hamza used a word here in the middle of this piece that I think is always something that comes to mind here with Jurgen Klopp. Is there a contingency as opposed to a panic uh, substitute buy like we've done in the past? We've all seen how they work out. 
they don't work out. The most glaring example of all is Mario Balotelli. We all wanted that to work, but it was a flyer and the guy didn't even have his, his manager's full backing, it would appear from the start. So backups and panic buys are the thing we want to avoid. And this is where I come to my only gripe with this so far. And I know it's uh, something that can't be helped if clubs are playing hardball, but time is marching on. And so your contingencies start to become uh, less available as well. And pressure starts to mount on any potential deals for them too. So I am really just hoping the club has learned its lesson and that we know bugger all about anything except for those two big ones. And there are two if not equally big, then very impressive um, replacements, um, contingencies in the background. Thank you for listening to AI Audible. You can read this episode's article along with many others on AnfieldIndex.com. You can download our AI channel app on iOS and Android. And you can find all our AI Audible episodes on Twitter at AI Audible and on AnfieldIndex.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.